As the racing season winds down, the separation season begins. Now, when I say separation season, I don't mean the season to separate yourself from racing, although that's exactly what many of your competitors are doing. And that provides an opportunity for you to separate from the pack. Within This Is Bracket Racing Elite, we focus on growth year-round, but the gains, they're, they're small, they're incremental during race season for two reasons. Number one, because your attention as a racer is split, right? You've got upkeep, maintenance, travel, all the things involved with the racing season, in addition to a focus on your own growth. And because other racers are working hard at that time too. It's this time of year, this separation season, where putting in the work can really allow you a leg up on the competition. If you're serious about doing just that, and you'd like to surround yourself with a group of knowledgeable trainers and accountable peers with the tools, the resources, the wisdom to help you take that next step, and perhaps even with the occasional kick in the pants to keep you on track, this is Bracket Racing Elite is the answer. We've helped thousands of racers just like you take the next step toward becoming the best version of themselves on the racetrack. Elite can help you do the same. Enrollment is open as of Monday, November 27th, and it closes December 8th. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite. Today's podcast is presented in part by the Moser Great American Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. Memorial Day weekend, Britt Cummings and Galen Rollison will host the inaugural Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Scoggin Dickey Dream Team Challenge at Memphis International Raceway. Check them out on Facebook to stay up to date with all updates and news. In addition, today's podcast is brought to you in part by This Is Bracket Racing Elite. If you're an open-minded racer with a desire to improve on the racetrack, This Is Bracket Racing Elite can provide the tools to help you do so. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed. I'm Big Jed, Jared Pennington. He's Cool Hand Luke Bogacki. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your patronage. If you're new, you'll probably catch on soon enough. Our goal is to shed some light on the events, news, and issues in sportsman drag racing and the stars within it. This week on What Everyone is Talking About. Luke, I know you are uh, kind of remote this week, but uh, even with the long ride, I'm sure you're still in tune to what everybody's talking about. I know we've talked a little off air about it, but before we get started, just tell us where you're at right now. I'm coming to you live from the Aliente Casino and Motel in beautiful North Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, man, sound like a wonderful time. So you uh, you took the trip back to uh, Vegas, and you're going to be racing the Spring Fling Million this week. And you told Mark and I off air it took you three days, but you lollygagged is how you put it. So it was still yeah. a pretty good little ride. It was a nice, lazy, luxurious 1,800 miles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I said, Cole Castillo has nothing on you. That's a, that's well, a nice, nice ride. The nice part about my trip is once you get to Memphis, it's easy. You don't have to turn for 1,300 miles. It's like longer <laughs> than that, I think. You just ride I-40 for a while. So. <laughs> but it's all good. We're here and uh, looking to have a good time at the Spring Fling Million. Man, I know you will. Good luck to you. It, uh, it's killing me not to be able to be there this year, but uh, just didn't work out for me. and. Hopefully, I get to come back next year, but um, I'm looking for you to go out and defend and go ho- hoist the trophy again. Should be an awesome time. Yeah, I don't like the defense term. I don't think anybody's going to take last year from me. Floyd, Way- <laughs> Floyd Mayweather, he defends. <laughs> I'm just going to yes. go out here and put my best foot forward, just like three or 400 others. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, they can't have your trophy. So <laughs> let's talk about what everyone's talking about. Have you... I know you have seen a little bit about it, but this, this deal at Edgewater, obviously very recently the track flooded as the heavy rains and, and maybe even some snow, I don't know, came through there. But it came time for them to 
get on the racetrack. I don't even know if it was a race, Luke, or if it was test and tune, but it was time for uh, them to open the gates and let some cars on the racetrack. But I don't think they quite had it cleaned up from the damage they received from the storms. Have you seen some of that? Bits and pieces. I've been on the road for three days. You guys brought me up to speed more than anything, but just the pictures and the video that Mark shared with us, it's it's not a good look. (laughs) (laughs) Well said. Man, I don't know, Luke. You know, I've got, I know I don't have mixed emotions about this. I was going to say I got mixed emotions, but I don't. Edgewater, no offense. I'm sure you guys did what you thought was best and trying to get some cars down the track, but from the looks of things, the way the the pictures make it look and pictures of cars going down the racetrack with these dust trails behind them. I don't know. It just looks irresponsible. Yeah. We talked about how to handle this pre-show because we're not in the business of, of track bashing by any means. But from the looks of it, as you said, they had some, I guess, flooding issues. There's a lot of residue on the racetrack. So, and I'm not going to sit here and say I have no idea. I'm not going to sit here and say that there was not an effort made to clean the racetrack, but if there was an effort made, it certainly appears to have been inadequate. And this is a complete, I felt, I find myself in a, in a tricky position here because I'm the guy that always says, look, it's on us. Like we got to get down the racetrack. And I, I went on a, on a bit of a rant and one of the final thoughts here within the last month on that topic. And, but at that time I said, no, race promoter, no track owner, no track operator that I've ever seen or spoken with wants to put anyone down an unsafe racetrack or chooses to put anyone down an unsafe racetrack, legitimately doing the best that they can. Again, we weren't there. It doesn't look like the staff at, at Edgewater put their best foot forward here. So no. And the guys that went down the track, I haven't talked to anyone, haven't really seen much about it, but they may tell you, no, nah, man, it was fine. I didn't have any trouble. It looked a little weird or whatever. It's just not a good look. I can only imagine how massive that effort is to get a racetrack of that length cleaned up from whatever happened because it, it looked like they were dealt a pretty difficult challenge. I don't know how expensive that is can only imagine there as well who you call what you do but i would like to have seen it take place whatever it was but you know maybe maybe they are getting that done now i hope so but again the pictures we saw just wasn't a good look and a lot of people are talking about it there's memes coming out about it and this and that but hopefully that issue gets corrected before they get any serious type of competition going at uh, edgewater yeah, agreed. Maybe there's more to the story. We don't really know, but certainly, I think the best way to sum it up, not a good look. Big Jed, big show today. We're going to be joined by the most recent, well, the, the the winner of the biggest event of 2018 to date. Now, that's going to be eclipsed in less than a week, but still winning a $175,000 purse, uh, yeah. $1,000 winner's purse. That's going to get Brandon Taylor on the show with us today. So that's going to be fun. We're going to get to talk with him, relive yeah. his big day from the House of Hook at uh, Carolina Dragway and the SFG Promotions Powerball event where he was the big winner. We're going to talk Powerball. We had an NHRA heavy weekend with divisionals in Dallas, actually double divisional in Dallas. A lot for Division Two out here in Vegas with Division Seven. So we'll touch on all of that. Yeah, big show ahead, I guess. We start this thing off, Big Jed, and you're gonna like this one with this mm. Siebert performance. Who's hot? He's on fire! It's time for Who's Hot in Sportsman Drag Racing. Who's Hot is presented by our friends at Siebert Performance. Do you need machine work? Whether it's boring, torque plate honing blockhead or manifold resurfacing, competition valve jobs, or precision balancing. Siebert Performance has the equipment, and more importantly, the experience to do the job right. Follow them on Facebook at Siebert Performance. Luke, we have a hot, hot driver this week, as we always do. Not hot (laughs) like a firecracker. Hot like a jalapeno. <laughs> my boy, one of my best friends in the world, the original Tex-Mex, Jeffrey Lopez, who is a part of hashtag Team Jed. That's my dog. 
back-to-back stock eliminator victories on the weekend down at the Texas Motorplex in Dallas. They had a double divisional event. Jeff won stock eliminator at the first race on Friday. He followed that up with a win in stock eliminator in the second race on Sunday. So while some other racers around the country made a whole lot more money for their efforts, he seemed to be the most dominating driver of the weekend. So this week's Seabird Performance Who's Hot goes to Team Jed member Jeff Lopez. That's what I'm talking about. Way to go, Jeff Lopez. Appreciate the Lopez family for all they do for us. And uh, glad to see Jeff get it done. Great guy. And uh, that's a tough division, too. There's some talented stock racers uh, across the southwest down there so not an easy feat at all so great job jeff congratulations on being our siebert performance who's hot driver of the week with your double divisional win there at the plex but yeah. uh, look there was a lot more racing down there just to your point jed absolutely that division in stock eliminator particularly i guess stock and super stock to some extent but just to your point what Jeff had to go through to win the second race. I don't really look at the first race, but he, he knocked out Jerry Emmons in the final round. So obviously in Division Four, you got to deal with all the Emmons brothers. Yeah, he beat Britt second round. He beat Slate fourth round. So he rolled single-handedly, dismissed the Cummings family from Stock Eliminator. And as if that wasn't enough, in order to get his bye to the final, he had to beat Cooter Hidalgo. And then wow. two in that division, that's not even talking about Austin Williams. I mean, that is a tough, tough place to run that class. So cutthroat and to you, I think I, I, I may be revisionist history here. I think I gave you a little bit of a hard time when you picked Jeff in your pickup <laughs> just for that reason. I'm like, you take a stock limited race from division four. Like they're, they're going to, they're going to kill each other. Your pick's looking pretty good all of a sudden. So. Yeah, well, I appreciate that, Jeff. It's hard making me look good, but you're doing it, my man. I appreciate it. And that's a perennial top 10 national finishers that that you named off there and Jeff mowing through the field. But uh, he's not the only one that turned on some wind lights down there, Luke. Yeah, I guess we'll just start in Dallas just because we're there with uh, with Lopez. Had uh, you and Kevin got on the board. I don't think I did much in Dallas. You got the... uh, yeah, back-to-back wins with Lopez. You also scored in Superstock, where Slate Cummings got the win in race number two. Maybe, yeah. And, yeah, and K-Mac, that was an all-podcast final. That was Team Jed with Slate Cummings over Team K-Mac. Kevin McKenna <laughs> with uh, Cooter getting the runner-up in Superstock. Notable stuff from there. Youngster in top drag stress, Darian Bosch. Darian won the first event. In Top Dragster, which was his first divisional Wally, almost backed it up two days later with the second, was runner-up to Ross Larice in the second race. And in that second race, Ross had a big day. He won Top Dragster and was runner-up in Super Comp. Mm, that is a big day. And then, uh, of course, the Moser shootout was held as well, Luke, where Jackson Collier got it done. So good to see Jackson getting a win there in, uh, in the ever-popular Moser shootout full of great racers as well. Yeah, won that in his uh, Supergas ride. Another big weekend for the Collier family. We talked about them a couple weeks ago. It was Steve over... No, it was Coy over Steve in the final Supercomp at Houston. Steve backed that up with a Supercomp win at Dallas on the second race, I believe. And baby brother Jackson gets the Moser shootout win. So Collier's also red hot to start the season. Big Jed, let's go to Jackson. That was really the the biggest event of the weekend, I think, by far. The SFG Powerball, we teased it a little bit earlier, talked about Brandon Taylor's big win. He'll be on with us in a little while to discuss that. So I guess right now we won't touch too much on the main event. Brandon got that win over is David Davis. Is that correct? That is correct. And um, that was uh, obviously a huge day for him. Looking forward to, to discussing it, but... You know, and Luke, it's crazy where racing has gotten, especially bracket racing, that, you know, a guy wins 175000 Obviously, that's a monster day, and it just completely overshadows all of this other stuff that there is to talk about. But there were some guys that had huge days at the racetrack and and just didn't quite add up to that one seventy five. But just talking about the $20,000 quote-unquote warm-up race now that's that's how we warm up now our bracket race and with 20 grand and uh, troy coughlin jr got his first big win of the year over lynn king 
And uh, then they come out. TJ. Yeah, TJ. Great to see uh, TJ getting it done, getting back to his bracket roots a little bit. And the high roller race had a little shootout there where Timmy Miller won Are you that forecasting? One. I mean, <laughs> if Timmy Miller wins the million dollar race, we got to go back to this. We gotta, we're going to have to cut that out. Might have been well, a slip there. Well, he's, uh, he's Timmy Million to me because of a, a great day in uh, the Lotto a couple of years ago. I don't know if you were aware of that. but I had forgotten I about that. I won't okay. discuss that a whole lot. Let's just say Timmy <laughs> had a great day. And then uh, they had a low roller race where James Hicks Jr. got the win, and that led us up to a little 50-grander loop. And, uh, wow, <laughs> this guy is He's amazing. Well, I'll go back Guess to say who's back. Well, they had a 5K like on uh, Wednesday or Monday evening or something. Now, you know, these things are starting so early now, but had a 5K where this guy, I believe, runnered up in the 5K just to get his week started, cover his tab, and then what happened on Friday. Well, how's it go, Jed? Sing for me. Sing. I know you want to. Guess who's back? Scotty's back. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Scotty Richardson. Gets the win over <laughs> Kick Booty Motorsports, which is easily one of the top five team names in racing. Kevin Pruitt with the runner-up there. But Scotty Richardson with a $50,000 win on Friday. And Luke, he's just had a super hot season. And, you know, if it wasn't for the rule where door cars get down to one and dragsters get down to one, this thing could have been really ugly. Yeah, Scotty was actually had the owner of the last two door car tech cards remaining in the event and had to race himself in the quote-unquote door car final. So, yeah, you got to sing, so I get to say, Scotty's back, Scotty's back, Scotty's back, Scotty's back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's an awesome day for him, just like he's been having all year. But, uh, it, you know, the, the $50,000 payday again seems overshadowed by what brandon taylor did but that is an amazing day at the racetrack they continued on with a low roller shootout there that evening where nick hastings nasty nick podcast number one on the bottom bulb top 25 list and uh been a guest with us here got the win over kevin pollard in his bad little chevy love truck going 530s uh, so a couple of Mean bottom bulbers there going to the final of the low roller race. I don't know if Nick was bottom bulbing or not, but either way, he got the win. Let me just say he was. It's more impressive, right? <laughs> I know it makes you happier. Yeah, we can say whatever we want to say. Uh, I had a second low roller race where David Hall got the win over Andy Lloyd, and then that will lead us up to the main event where Sunday looked like they were going to have some rain, Luke. I think it was a good call. Kyle and AJ and the staff there at SFG made the call to make Saturday's 125K 175K by taking the 50 from Sunday and rolling it in. They rolled the entire purse in, not just the, the winner's share. So looking forward to talking to Brandon uh, about that here in just a little bit. Now, we've talked about this like three times, Big Jed, and you haven't told me yet that he's from Alabama. I'm kind of proud of you, but I know that's just waiting to bust out. I mean, I didn't know that it was going to be big news that the biggest payday thus far in 2018 was coming back to Alabama. I figured everybody thought that was going to happen. But if it's news, it's news. You know, no big deal. <laughs> That's not the way I presented it to you a while ago, is it? <laughs> as we uh, as we mentioned earlier, Brandon got that win over David Davis. David was in a looked like a small tire IROC Camaro. David, one of the young up and coming racers from the Norwalk area, has had a lot of success up there. This obviously his biggest payday to date. Lord knows what he ended up taking out of there, but it was uh, well worth his trip and his efforts. So, uh, yeah. awesome, awesome performance by him as well. Had some trouble in the final, not real sure what expired. Something was seemingly starting to give up in the water box or the bleach box, if you will. And retro, um, Hashtag retro term. <laughs> as, he, uh, as he approached the starting line, and we'll talk to Brandon about it in a little bit, but I saw Champ maybe run up and tell Brandon something in the car, and uh, they adjusted accordingly, and then uh, Davis's vehicle something give up i don't know probably about 200 foot or so out maybe less but uh, left brandon with a with an easy win light easy for me to say but i want to want to get some details on that when we get to talk to him 
Yeah, I do too. I won't. Uh, yeah, I, we'll just get it from Brandon. That, that'll be a better story. <laughs> before, <laughs> before we get to Brandon, two more NHRA races. One out here where I'm at in Las Vegas, NHRA Division Seven soil event. Things that stood out to me from here: Trevor Larson got the win in Super Gas. That rung a bell with us. We thought that might have been a score for Team Kevin. Unfortunately for Kevin, Trevor is on his super comp team so no score there but congrats mm. to trev uh mike cotton big day was in the final round of both stock and super stock I believe he won stock runnered up super stock to another driver that has been red hot this year we talked about him a couple of times the one and only 17 world championships can't be wrong anthony bertozzi <laughs> with yet another win in super stock on the opposite side of the country from where he's been doing his damage earlier in the year i believe I'd have to look at the point sheet, but I believe that AB has been to three division races to date in 2018 and has three Wallies, two of those in super stock, one in top dragster. He will no doubt be a hot commodity, Big Jed, when we redraft our NHRA pick them in uh, June, July, something like that. I don't think any of us had them. Somebody will have them more than likely. Yeah, no doubt about that. Somebody's going to get him and, um, you know, selfishly, I hope it's me, so... We'll see how that all turns out. But our buddy Ryan Mangus got the Super Street win, uh, Luke. And you you referenced off air uh, the speed he was running. Man, that's you know up in the 160 mile an hour range in a Super Street car in Vegas. At that, it's uh, that's right. getting after it pretty good. Yeah, no, I saw he went 156 on one run, and like you said, it's that's in Vegas. That's flying. So I'm just going to assume that he was driving Ryan Harum's car. Wasn't there. Haven't seen a picture. Don't know that. There's not too many super street cars capable of running that speed, much less that are buddies with Ryan Mangus. So I kind of put two and two together. If I'm wrong, we'll retract that next show. But I'll say congrats to the two Ryans, Mangus and <laughs> Harum. And from one beautiful facility on the West Coast to another on the East Coast, uh, NHRA Division Two raced at galat motorsports and uh, that's a wonderful facility out on the eastern part of north carolina and uh, some familiar faces got wins there as well how about michelle fur in super comp third final of 2018 yeah she is uh she's making great laps and just getting it done and uh, really piling up the points yeah, red hot. Beat our buddy, uh, friend of the podcast, Chairman Adcock Jr. in the final round. Michelle was in back-to-back finals, if you'll remember, at Gainesville in Super Gas. Won the divisional runner-up, the Gator Nationals, I believe. Came to Galat and uh, switched the success over to the other car, but uh, took yet another Wally home to Virginia. So again, red hot start to the season for Michelle. Another guy, that shocker. <laughs> you know what? You know we missed at Vegas? Justin Lamb was entered. And he didn't Whoa. win. Like, I feel like that's noteworthy. That's awful. Check but. the timing system. <laughs> <laughs> but one guy that did manage to enter in Galat and was one as almost no surprise. It's almost though it's neck and neck. If there's a Division Two Super Street race and Matt Weston or Jonathan Anderson don't win, something's wrong, right? This time they squared yeah, off in the semis. Jonathan got the win. Jonathan Anderson with yet another NHRA Super Street win in Galat. And I got to listen to you and, and you, oh, yeah. Kevin, and all this yada, 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 Team Jed, hashtag Team KMAC. I did get on the board last week. Way to go, little Strick. Friend of the podcast, Jeff Strickland, former guest, top dragster winner at Galat for Team Luke. Well, and I I didn't want to bring this up, but if you're going to approach it like that, do you know where Strickland's from? Yeah, I I figured you wouldn't bring that up. Yeah, Red Bay, Alabama. That's right. So uh, I should have known better. should have known Alabama Racer was going to get it done. I should have picked him, but it is what it is. And Team Luke does get on the board. But, you know, even that, we're talking about piling these points up and this and that. But you got the rules so jacked up where they got to win the championship. Or it don't count. I mean, you have to win out or it doesn't count. So, I mean, it's what still we, way you, too early for me to be feeling good about myself. What are we going to get all jacked up? I and mean, you want to give away participation trophies here? What are we doing? Well, it's jacked up because I didn't win. So, I oh, uh, okay. didn't win last year. So, you know, if, if the rules don't favor me, then they're jacked up. That's just the way it is. Well, I mean, I guess if we just went through and and gave all the Team Jed members a point every time that they showed up to a race, I mean, you just want I'm to good show with that. up. Okay. 
<laughs> I, I mean, producer Mark, we'll, we'll get him on that. Um, my decal pride's out the window here, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Big Jed, let's call up Brandon Taylor. Let's get him on here. There's no telling what he's going to say. Before we do, we'll pay a couple bills, and then uh, I'll be way out. No, but I don't even feel like I can root against Alabama. Like I, I lived there for a while. I, I got nothing against Alabama, but you guys are gonna you guys are gonna rule the show here for a minute. Taylor's a Tennessee fan for some reason, so what? no worries. You won't be dominated here. You're fine. Right, fair enough. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. To make sure that you're the first to know when next week's episode is available, subscribe. And, and, and you can do that on Google Play. You can do that on iTunes. You can do that wherever you are accessing uh, our show today. Just subscribe. That way that you know that you have got the latest uh, edition of the podcast. You'll be the first to know. And do us a favor. Tell your friends about the podcast. Get your track involved by broadcasting portions of the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast over the PA on race day. Memorial Day weekend at Memphis International Raceway, they'll play host to the Great American $20,000 Bracket Race and Dream Team Challenge. This event will have something for everyone. It's boasting payouts of $10,000 on Friday, $20,000 on Sunday, and $10,000 on Monday on the box side, while the footbrake contingent will race for $5,000 Friday, $10,000 Sunday, and $5,000 on Monday for only a $200 entry fee. Now, Saturday will feature the first ever Scoggin' Dickey Dream Team Challenge. This race will consist of 32 teams of box racers, 32 teams of no-box racers, and 16 junior teams. They'll battle it out to find out who has assembled the ultimate dream team. Now, they are still taking alternates if you'd like to get on the list. So even if you're not competing in the dream team race, there's still plenty to be excited for with the big money on Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Go check them out at the Great American Bracket Race Facebook page for complete details. Shout out to Big Jed. That was a mouthful. Nice read, my friend. Um, I appreciate that. I'll just I'll talk a little bit about this is bracket racing elite because I can just ad lib it. Um, I get this question all the time. What is this is bracket racing elite? How does it work? It's actually tougher to answer than you might think. What I would recommend overall else is asking some of our current members what they value most about the community. I think you'll get a lot of different answers, but I'll do my best to briefly explain what the group entails. As a member of This Is Bracket Racing Elite, you get access to every training that we've ever presented. That's over 200 specific trainings on seemingly every sportsman drag racing um, related topic that you could imagine. But that's not the main benefit. Like if it was that simple, Kevin or I would just write a book or develop a presentation. Within the elite community, you not only get direct access to myself and Kevin Brannon in a variety of ways through regular live chats, group discussions, and more, but you also get the accountability, the feedback, and the insight from a group of like-minded, and I say like-minded, that's not a group think by any means. We do challenge one another within the group, but like-minded racers who are trying to accomplish many of the same things that you are. Is Elite cheap? No. Is the investment worthwhile? Our members tend to think so. Find out for yourself. There's no obligation beyond the first month of membership. You can give it a try at thisisbracketracing.com. You want to make it in a song to do the Justin Lamb Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam You do the Kevin Brandon, light a smack across the land Then you do the L ride and you come it's out It's like time the- for The Big Interview on the Sportsman Drag Racing Podcast with Luke and Jed Alright guys, as promised, we are joined by the man of the hour uh, the guy that's just come off of winning the largest purse of the 2018 season thus far, fresh off of a $175,000 race win, the one and only Brandon Taylor joining us. Brandon, what's going on, bud? Not much. Just I got home from a good weekend of racing. <laughs> it was a was a good weekend of racing. Congrats, man. Really, just a that's an amazing day when you you know, you really just dream about, and then you finally something like that comes true. It, it has to have you on top of the world right now. I guess. I guess it really hasn't set in yet or nothing. It just feels like another win right now. 
just besides Facebook being blowed up and a bunch of texts and calls. Well, it ain't just another win. <laughs> you want to raise paid one hundred seventy five thousand dollars to win. So uh, it's just an amazing day, man. Again, congrats. Uh, you're a guy that goes at it pretty hard. Lots of race cars, lots of race car work in your life. And uh, I know you work hard, get your kids to the track as well and let them race. Racing is a huge part of your everyday life. And to go out and get that, just uh, a pretty amazing day. Take us through it. Go ahead and let's talk about leading up to the, the Powerball. Take us through your season leading up to the Powerball race. How has it been thus far? It's not been that great. It's a bunch of bunch of tough racing down here in this area when a bunch of rounds and can't really get nothing rolling up until till saturday night things kind of fell in place but uh, before that just getting crushed every laying down good laps just getting crushed yeah you do lay down good laps and i don't know about getting crushed but may come up on the short end from time to time but you say the season hasn't been that great for a guy that won't take a runner-up picture I'm guessing basically you just plan to win. If you don't win, everything else is just not a great day. <laughs> I think me and Mikey started that runner-up, no runner-up stuff a couple of years ago, and <laughs> uh, we just kind of have a good time about not taking them. Uh, I think I've only, only taken one runner-up photo, and that's because Slate Cummins made me. If Slate makes you take one, you got to take one. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, obviously – this is a huge day at the racetrack, but prior to that, what would be your biggest win? I guess the biggest win would be the, well, I think I won a 20 grander at uh, South Georgia a few years ago, and then I won a 20 grander last year at Huntsville, which was really special because I won it in a, in a door car. Anytime you win a big money race in a door car, it's way more fun than four pieces of pipe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh... You know, I'm a door car guy myself, so I can appreciate a guy winning a race in a door car, but it doesn't matter what you win it in. You take your weapon to the racetrack and get it done, it still feels good. Yeah, it does. It's a great blessing to win one, but... Yeah, no no doubt about that. Excuse me. So, Brandon, take us through, obviously, you raced the, the 50 grander the day prior. How did that go? Uh, not so well. I'm trying to think how I lost in it. I think I was 20-something dead on and just kind of missed the tree and then i <clears throat> drove the little s10 of bcs and couldn't get nothing rolling in it neither i think i lost dropped out third round in both cars okay so you were driving uh bc's bc Cantor's s10 yeah formerly owned um, by myself so i love <laughs> that little truck <laughs> yeah it's nice it's real fun <laughs> it is I, a good time on to Saturday, Brandon, the big day. Take us through maybe a little bit of the early rounds. Like, at what point did you, and I mean, not to say that you didn't start the race feeling like it could be your day, but at what point did you realize, like, oh, this might actually fall into place. Like, uh, I'm I'm down here close. I got a chance. Like, was there a round that that kind of set in at all? It kind of set in at, I guess, around 10 cars um, when I won that round and I got my ticket and I was seen i was 001 and i was like well, maybe i get to buy here and it kind of dawned on me hey you're pretty deep in this <laughs> in this race <laughs> you know because we're we're usually just cutting up the whole time of the race and try not to take it too serious because usually uh when i take it too serious i always find a way to mess it up pretty bad <laughs> so that got you the buy into the final on the dragster side is that right yeah yeah you got me to the buy to the dragster side final and that was with JoJo? Yeah, against Joe Gary. Gotcha. How'd that race shake down? I decided on my buy run that I would swap it over to high gear and uh, give it a little different look to him because he makes real great laps. doesn't matter what he's in. He's always making great laps. His car's always dead on. And so I wanted to make my chances a little better by showing him something different. So I swapped over to high gear on my buy run and went 497. So when I... I had to run him on dial 496 to kind of spray up also in the high gear deal and kind of played out pretty good. I guess he missed the tree a little bit and gave me a little extra room, so it kind of worked out in my favor, which I was hoping it would. Okay, and I didn't realize any of that. So you go through <laughs> rounds one through six, dialed 450-something, I assume? Yeah, I was dialed 458 from third round on. I think I was dialed like 67 for first and second round. <laughs> and then on that 
what I guess would be overall quarterfinal, semis of the dragster side, quarterfinal by run. You click it into high gear. Obviously, your valve body setup, I've seen you go high gear a bunch, but make a high gear only run, 497. Dial that for the semis and then dialed it back, pulled it, clicked it back into low gear for the final, correct? Yep, dial 458 <laughs> in the final. Uh, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah, 175 grand on the line. That's crazy. <laughs> well, nice. I wasn't thinking about all that at the time. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> obviously you've done it enough. You know the difference in the box. It's no big deal. And like you say, you're just uh, throwing a little bit of a curveball out. If nothing else, give JoJo something to think about going to the final. Yeah, because like I said, he makes great laps every time, everywhere he goes. And I knew it was going to be between him or Kevin Brandon. Wasn't real sure. So I was going to show both of them the same thing in high gear, give them a different look of the race, and <laughs> kind of played out and worked out. That's awesome. Uh, and then the final, it's the first time all day, probably the first time all weekend that you hook a door car, dragster door car final against David Davis. Now, obviously, this shook down a little bit out of the ordinary. David had some issues that I guess became apparent in the burnout, watching on live feed. I had uh, a buddy run up to you prior to the staging and say, I, I assume he said something to the effect of, hey man, I, I think he's broke. Turns out he was, but just from your perspective, take us through that whole situation. <laughs> well, I started my burnout and backed it up pretty quick. And by the time I was looking over all my gauges, making sure everything was good, Stephen McCrory champ come running out of nowhere and grabbing the car, shaking, hey, hey, he's broke, he's broke. And uh, it may mess you up, but I'm pretty sure he's broke. It's shooting planes. I'm a header and went to a burnout. So at that point, I clicked two foul in the box and kind of look over and see that he's backed up and started pulling back forward. So I roll in and we both stayed and I kind of just forgot to let go on top of that <laughs> uh, to be a smooth 59 on a tree. And then when he leaves with the wheels up, I was like, oh man, this is not going to be good. <laughs> and so I was really, really, really worried at that point. And then there's a car, I guess, eventually just laid over. So between the time that his light turned green and you realized that he was, in fact, broke, how much did you cuss champ? (laughs) I wasn't cussing him yet, but it was was going through my head that I had really messed up. (laughs) It was coming. So did I hear that right, BT, that? You're so the guy comes and tells you your opponent is broke, okay, shooting flames out like it shouldn't be doing, and your safe zone was two thousand. <laughs> did, did I hear that right? <laughs> yeah, well, I'd been teen low teen all day, and I felt like that was where I'd raced all day thinking the tree really was irrelevant. So I just added the two thousand because I figured that'd probably be 17 to 19, <laughs> and it had worked the, the other three rounds. <laughs> Uh, only BT come up with something like that. That's good stuff. I like the term that kind of went through the race feeling like the tree was irrelevant. Was there a particular reason for that in this day of competition or just in general? You know, the way I feel this day of competition, everybody's car is pretty much real good. And so anybody's subject to let you down nothing. And that's that happened to me on the gambler's races and uh, on Wednesday and Thursday. So I decided on Saturday had nothing worked all weekend. So I would just try to change it up a little bit, not worry about the tree and just either spray to go dead on and hope they let up or swap around a high gear and hope they mess the finish line up for me. Obviously it worked out. Now, anytime that you go through a race like this, like or what I always say is obviously there's some good fortune involved and there's some right place, right time involved. Like what I always say is to get through whatever it is, nine or 10 rounds at that level of competition and hold the big check at the end of the day, everything's got to fall into place. And you usually have a round that you get away with, so to speak, like a round where you make a run that probably didn't deserve to win, but it was at the right place at the right time. And then on the flip side of that coin, typically you've got to make one awesome run and you just happen to do it on that round when you need to. So I guess two-part question, was there a round that you got away with throughout the day? Yeah, I would say I would. I think I got away with one. Uh, I think it was like round five when I had to run Shane Carr. And uh, he kind of grabbed the brakes pretty hard and early. And I was fortunate enough to slide in. Uh, I think he was too above to my dead on. I think I was like 21 total and got in. And he had me covered up solid hundreds on the tree. And just let you sneak by. What about on the flip side? Was there a round that 
your opponent laid down a run that maybe I'm not to say you wouldn't typically beat, but would be tough to beat. And it just so happened that you made a really good run in that situation. Yeah. When I run a uh, Carl Drake, uh, third round, I've been holding, you know, pretty much seven, the first two rounds. And I look over and I have him, he's dialed four thirty. So that's, that's the point I decided to dial down the spray. And so we swung the dial in like great. nine hundreds. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> we're driving down to 458, and um, of course he rolls up, and when he does, I grab the spray at the spot that I picked out, and uh, I think he was 12 take 8 maybe, or something, 12 take 6, and I was 11 dead 0. Ooh. Mm. Mm. And, Pretty nasty lap. You do that to people a lot, though, so no surprise there. Yeah, that was probably the toughest round, That, especially just dropping the dial in from 67 to 58, hoping it was going to get close. <laughs> I would have just liked to seen the look on CJ's face when he dialed down nine to run him. Like, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you do it, BT. Brandon, the, uh, the rumor was when you collected that big check that you would be headed west. Are you on your way to Vegas or no? No, I backed out because uh, I don't have my... Air motor, Huntsville's going to have my motor ready this week, but I really didn't have nothing prepared to go, and uh, right. I hate to rush out there and not have everything ready and just waste a bunch of money and time. Yeah, not much time to prepare to get from Jackson on Saturday night to Vegas on Tuesday <laughs> or Wednesday, so I can't fault you there. And I probably used up all my luck so far. So, so I assume y'all be hanging out at Montgomery this weekend. Yeah, I take my kids racing. They want to race. So I'll take them down there and let them run the juniors and get the race for three fifteen granders close to home. Not too bad at all. Not a bad option. Brandon, what's the rest of 2018 got for you? Is it week by week, or you you got some plans to keep chasing those big paydays? I really don't try not to plan too far ahead, but uh, try to hit a couple more of the SFC races. It's running really, really well, and uh, I like their payout. And uh, Other than that, just stay <laughs> yeah. close by and let my kids race. That sounds good. Y'all fresh off a trip to where Disney World or something? Where'd you go recently? Yeah, we made a quick trip to Disney World or Disneyland or whatever in Florida, and whichever one it is, for a week. <laughs> it just costs a lot of money. You know. Well, I think you just made up for it, and uh, <laughs> go coming back home from that and taking the kids racing. You a good dad, and I'm sure they're looking forward to getting back to racing with you as well, man. We appreciate very much you, you coming on the show and talking a little bit about this great day at the racetrack it's uh, awesome to share it with you yeah, i appreciate y'all guys having me we ain't done yet probably though. the last time <laughs> <laughs> we ain't done yet we like to end our interviews brandon with a little thing we call rapid fire and that's we just throw a quick question at you five of them to be exact and you just kind of give us the the answer that pops up in your head you up for that? Yeah, sounds good. Okay. I'm looking forward to asking you this one. This is, this is my favorite. Uh, you live in Alabama, so, of course, you have to choose one. Alabama or Auburn? Auburn. <laughs> you don't even mean that. You, you too ashamed to tell them who you really pull for? <laughs> oh, no. I, I pull for Tennessee. Yeah, there you go. He just answered go the ball. question as it was framed, Big Jed. You yeah. said you, he had to pick one. I Alabama know, but I really thought he would give me something different. But that basically <laughs> means I hate Alabama no matter who they play. All right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brennan, what city in the United States should not be included on the map and why? <laughs> Roanoke, Alabama, probably because it's the smallest. We have two red lights or three red lights. <laughs> Yeah, that's, good, that's Brandon's hometown, by the way. <laughs> you got a good huddle house, that's for sure. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Brandon, do you love winning or hate losing? I love winning. I really don't hate losing either. Just learn from it. That's what I thought you'd say. Good answer. This may have changed over the course of the weekend, but favorite racetrack? My favorite racetrack would probably be Bradenton, Florida. Hmm. Okay. That's, that was a good answer. So last one, outside of racing... What is your favorite hobby? Hmm. <laughs> That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, almost thought, well, no, you go ahead. I'll just let you answer it. <laughs> uh, probably, uh, besides the ocean, probably, spending time with my kids and family and 
camping or going somewhere to eating. Yeah, I was about to say, I think it's going to the Japanese steakhouse based on your Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're regular there. <laughs> yeah, for, they know me by uh, first and last name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Where y'all celebrating? Where's the big celebration going to be for the Taylor family? Um, right now we're at um, Hog Heaven Barbecue. <laughs> Heck of a place to, to celebrate. Brandon, congratulations, man. Really happy for you. Amazing day at the track and appreciate you coming on here and sharing it with us tonight. Appreciate it. I want to say thanks to Brandon Taylor again coming off the uh, SFG Powerball win, $175,000 payday. At least that's what the check says, and that's all that matters. But, Luke, I want to get a quick update out to the listeners. Uh, we got Money Monday race results. It's hot off the press. Just come in from the Texas Motorplex, and yeah. I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah, obviously, you guys are listening to this on a Wednesday or Thursday, but this in real time, like, we literally just got updated. So where we would have normally put Money Monday results in with the rest of the results that we normally talk about, We're just a little bit out of sequence here, but we wanted to touch on them. Money Monday, for those unfamiliar, is something that Britt Cummings and the NHRA Division IV director, I believe, Trey Capps, had a hand in this, put together at the Texas Motorplex following that double divisional that we talked about earlier. So the Division IV racers ran their first divisional Thursday and Friday. I think that actually finished up Saturday because it's some inclement weather. Finished up the second divisional of the weekend on Sunday. On Monday... Brit put together this race where basically each of the NHRA classes come race again, no points involved, just a little bit higher entry fee and big purses, assuming that the car counts came in. And I actually just saw a text from Brit. They had enough cars to pay the full purse in super comp and in the bracket class. The others got prorated because there wasn't as quite as big a turnout as they hoped. I hope that this still takes off because I think this is a cool idea. I think it's a little bit tough to pull off on the back end of a double divisional weekend where people have already been there for four or five days as it is taking a couple of days off last week. But regardless, really cool idea. We did want to shed a little light on the winners from that. So I'll let you take it big jet. Yeah. And East Texas race cars, uh, stock super stock combo, Jacob Pitt, a very familiar winner, especially in division four, got the win over Dwayne Custer, uh, pro charger, top sportsman, top dragster shootout. Wynette Hudgens got the win over Mason Wright over in Super Street. Cameron Wright got the win over Don Snow in Super Gas. Shannon Brinkley got the win over the aforementioned Coy Collier. Collier family staying hot, as mentioned in the Collier family and Super Comp. The King, Edmund Richardson, gets the win over Steve Collier. And the Super Pro category, Luke, that you talked about, had Chris Jones getting a win over Alan Sturgeon. So congrats to those Money Monday winners. Kind of a groundbreaking event. And hopefully, as Luke said, this continues to take off and you guys get to enjoy some big money racing after your divisionals and whatnot down there and anywhere else that wants to, to take that on. So congratulations, guys. Job well done. Absolutely. With that out of the way, Big Jed, let's transition into what's on tap for next weekend. Honey, where are we racing next week? It's time to discuss next week's major events, news, updates, releases, and announcements. It's what's on tap. What's on tap, Big Jed? I think you could make the argument. I think I will make the argument, actually. This upcoming weekend may very well be the biggest weekend of the 2018 sportsman drag racing season. There is a yeah. lot of big stuff going on from coast to coast. Yeah, look, it'll be the largest paydays for top bulb racing and bottom bulb racing of the 2018 season. So, yeah, this is a huge weekend. And no matter whether you hit the top on the West Coast or and there's some bottom bulb action out there too, giving you an opportunity to make a large payday. Or if you're a foot brake racer on uh, the East Coast or wherever you are, it's uh, it's going to be a huge weekend. Obviously, we'll start with where you are, Luke. You're in beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and you are going to participate in the Spring Fling Million at the Strip. 
Yeah, uh, we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. We've got Spring Fling Million going on out here. Kind of like we said last week, not going to go out on a limb and uh, guarantee you that we will have the Spring Fling Million winner on the show next week. But that is our goal. That is our aim. We did pull it off last week. We got Brandon Taylor on, Powerball winner. Our, our intention is to have whoever hoist the trophy on Friday night here in Las Vegas on the show again next week. So that will be awesome. In addition to what's going on out here, which will have the attention of everyone. It's arguably the, certainly one of the two biggest races of the year, along with the, the traditional million dollar race in Alabama. As if that wasn't enough for one weekend, as you alluded to, Jed, uh, the biggest bottom ball purse of the season is going on at Darlington with the Loose Rocker promotion. ATI Bigfoot 40 Granders. That's 340s at Darlington, correct? Yeah, 340 Granders, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Thursday will be a test in tune, but it's at Darlington Dragway over this uh, weekend. It will be the largest uh, combined purse opportunity for footbreakers basically in the history of the sport. Um, it's a monster, monster race. Loose Rocker stepping out, so footbreakers. Get to Darlington. It's not a pre-entry race. It's pay at the gate. You got uh, opportunity to save a few bucks by getting a weekend entry when you come in, or you can pay by the day and it'll cost you a few more dollars, but it's still well worth it. Monster race, the Bigfoot 40s presented by ATI at Darlington. Go see them if you like to foot break. It's going to be awesome. I uh, I would love to go to Darlington myself, Luke. I'm still up in the air about whether I'm going to get to go or not. But if I do not end up at Darlington, I will be at the Super 7 Series at Montgomery Raceway Park. 315 Granders, as Brandon talked about in his interview. Guaranteed purse, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So uh, 15000 no chump change as well. Hitting the top there at Montgomery Raceway Park, home of the, uh, the Mickey Thompson Million Dollar Drag Race. So it should be a good time for me either way. Now, Big Jed, with, with no disrespect to... Montgomery Motorsports Park and the Super 7 Series. By your own logic and definition, um, <laughs> no one's going to care if you win letting go on the top. Mm. You mm. should go to Darlington where the real racers are. Well, that's, uh, that is real racing, and I suck at it. So uh, <laughs> that's probably why I won't be at Darlington. But <laughs> I do want to go, honestly, just to be a part of it. Um, but... You know, it's J.J. in school. Got to see if he can get out of school. Got a lot of coordinating now to see because I can't go without J.J. That ain't happening. So looks like Super 7 Series would be the easiest trip for us, but it ain't always easy. So we'll see how it works out. But so how about, I'd like uh, to say that I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but I did. So yes, I just you left so. out there a little bit. But if that wasn't enough, we've got Spring Fling, Spring Fling Million. Why is that a mouthful? Uh, out here in Vegas, we've got Bigfoot 40s at Darlington Super Series at Montgomery. The first IHRA Sportsman Spectacular event, which wasn't supposed to be the first, um, but it is now. Actually, the first two, I guess, both going on this weekend, <laughs> correct? Um, after a couple of got recent scheduled earlier in the season we've got an ihra sportsman spectacular at state capital raceway down in baton rouge and another at capital raceway up in maryland so cool to see that getting started anxious to see how that is received and we'll certainly discuss the results on next week's show and if that was enough everything that we've talked about to this point has been big dollar bracket racing um, there's an NHRA division race in Virginia. There's an NHRA national event in Houston. So um, if we had any plans for next week's show, they're off. We're going to try to get the million winner in, the Spring Fling million winner, and we're going to talk about all this racing. And that's that's going to be another 80-minute uh, gas bag, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a lot to talk about next week. Uh, huge, again, huge uh, Slater races there, and it's whatever you like to do. It's the best of the best for you to go do it, whether it's bracket racing or NHRA style, hitting the bottom, hitting the top. Everything's available to you. So whatever you do, just get out and enjoy some of it. It's going to be a great weekend. Uh, we're starting to make this a bit of a tradition. So let me put you on the spot. Give me a winner for the Spring Fling Million. The Spring Fling Million is going to be won by Kevin Brannan. Uh, it's uh, Kevin and, and uh, Hancock and uh, Dylan Stott are making the trip out. I'm sure they're already there. 
and Kevin's going to win the spring play main. Congratulations, Kevin. Okay, I guess I should have gone first. Um because now it's just going to look like I'm copying you. I thought about this today, and obviously I'm I'm here. I have faith in myself. I've driven 1,800 miles. I said something to this effect last year. I'm just trying to replicate everything I did last year. So I'm going to touch my base here and say, like, obviously I'm my pick, right? Get that out of the way. Um, but I'm not going to come on the podcast and pick myself to win the million. Um, basically, again, because I don't really think I did last year. Um, I, I A part of me thinks that – and I think there's validity to this, like the the West Coast crowd really showed up last year. And I feel like this side of the country's come a long way. Like I think it's time. I think I think we're due to see a West Coast winner. So you and then there's so many good racers over here. You could take Lafferty or the kids or Chris Whitfield or uh, on down the line. Like yeah. there's plenty that I'm leaving out. And then but I was kind of coming back to that idea like so particularly for the Idaho guys, like for a lot of those, this will be their first time out this season. And you're taking on some of this East Coast crowd that's just coming off of Reynolds, and Darlington and Jackson and that level of competition yeah. so many times. Like it, it's hard not. And obviously we got some East Coast bias. Um, yeah, no, that's exactly where I was going to go. And, and I, you were going to laugh at me because I'm biased because he's my boy. Um, KB really, we didn't discuss him at all. He showed out at Jackson. Like he was never in a final, but I think he was down to six cars or less every day. Yeah. Um, that was where I was going to go. So now I can't do that because I can't just be like Big Jed. Where am I going to go here, Jed? I, let me go East Coast, West Coast. Ah, give me the the baddest dude i've seen letting go over the course of the last year and i know he's here give me chris cadle yeah so good choice there luke now let's talk about the uh, bigfoot 40s there's three 40s there but um well let's just pick one winner so i'll put you on the spot and who would you choose as one of the winners in the 40ks at darlington Oh, bottom bulb. I'm so out of the loop on this stuff. Like the obvious choice would be Lucas Walker or Nasty Nick. Um, okay, just mm. by 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 definition or more so location than anything else. Uh, not that I'm going way out on a limb here, but a little bit um, off of that grid. Uh, give me Jay Norris to win one, oh. one day out there. Yeah, great choice. Jay was definitely a guy that I was thinking about as I was saying that. He's, uh, especially in that area, obviously, a dominant racer. Um, but I am going to choose uh, Brock Mosier as a guy that may pull off one of those 40Ks. Um, I know uh, as we were talking about just chatting earlier, it sounded like uh, Matt Obertanik would be a choice that Mark would make. Mark's a bottom bulber, so definitely want to kind of get his uh, option in there as well because I think Matty Ob is a threat to win anytime, anywhere. So, uh, Matty O, you are uh, your Mark's choice. So, good luck to each and everybody that's going to be participating, especially out there with you, Luke. That's looking like it's going to be a great event, man. I'm so envious. Wish I could be there, but uh, I'll be back here on the East Coast trying to get after it with somebody. Song to do the Justin Lamb Win a bunch of races and you do it with the fam You do the Kevin Brandon Lay the smack across the land Then you do the L-Ride And you come out like the world champ Okay guys, we had a question from Keith Walters Do you feel that it's unsportsmanlike To change your opponent's routine purposely Whether it be staging, burnout, cooling time in the late rounds, etc Obviously nothing to the point of sabotage Just when you notice things that your opponent does that makes them comfortable and alter the, alter it a bit? That's a really good question uh, from Keith, uh, Mark. And, you know, I, as I sit and watch this question as you're reading it, I, I have to say I've kind of got a two-part answer. For me, it's, you know, I feel like I am in a position in racing that, uh, requires me to act a certain way and handle myself a certain way. So I, I never really personally get caught up in that. I don't change my plans for somebody that's doing things a certain way, trying to trick my way into a win or expose some kind of weakness of theirs. So for, for me, for Jared Pennington, 
I, I would feel like it was being unsportsmanlike. I just uh, I don't think that's position that I want to take on the racetrack. However, it is a skills competition, and if you can expose a weakness for your opponent, then I think that's basically what competition is about, and you take advantage of it. So I don't feel like for just the regular guy out there racing, it's unsportsmanlike. It just doesn't seem like it would fit me very well, but I don't think it's unsportsmanlike. I think it's just really playing the game. Luke, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with you. I, I feel like the vast majority of the stuff I would term as gamesmanship more so than unsportsmanlike or, or poor sportsmanship. But with that said, I don't really get involved in that personally. And I don't advocate it like to our members of this is bracket racing elite or to anybody that listens for, for two reasons. And the first is the obvious one. Like you just see people, racers try to create an advantage by doing something that not only does their opponent not expect is a little bit out of their own typical routine. And you just so often see that backfire to where it really doesn't affect the opponent at all, but you get yourself out of your own routine and don't make the run that you were capable of making. So that's obviously number one. But if you are like capable of that and you feel like it gives you a little bit of an edge, I don't think it's unsportsmanlike. I think it's more of a gamesmanship thing. But here's my overall take and the way that I approach this personally and basically the, the what we talk about within this is bracket racing elite in, in regards to something like this is let's just i'll use myself as an example okay if i'm racing you jed or kb or john labuse or scotty richardson or whoever there is nothing that i can do that is going that they haven't seen before that's going to like throw them off kilter like i'm not going to to induce a mistake by making them stage first or last or waiting an extra five minutes before I come to the stage, you know, like whatever, like they've seen all of that. You're not going to mess them up. So, and then the opponents that I could quote unquote mess up or distract by doing something like that, I would look at it as opponents that I'm supposed to beat anyway. Like the, the the way that I would personally approach it, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, if if I'm racing someone that uh, is not going to get messed up by this, then obviously why do it? If I'm racing someone that is, like, I should be able to beat them straight up. So, I just don't get caught up in it. So I'm like, why bother? You know what I mean? Like, I I should be able to do my thing and win that round more often than not anyway. And yep. you don't create any of that hard feelings, whatever. Not that that should be part of the decision, even. But I just think, I, while I feel like it's it's more it's more gamesmanship than unsportsmanship, unsportsmanlike. I just think it's mainly unnecessary. Yep, well said. I couldn't agree more. Um, appreciate Keith Walters for sending that in, uh, guys. Keep those questions coming. Send them to the Facebook page. Uh, tag them hashtag racing answers and questions just like that we love to talk about here on the sportsman drag racing podcast when time permits uh, so hopefully you uh, can send us some suggestions and we get to it here on a future show but that's going to wrap us up guys uh, this episode of the sportsman drag racing podcast is coming to a close want to say thanks to our guest the big winner of the past weekend brandon taylor uh, thanks to our great sponsors, Siebert Performance, uh, the Great American Bracket Race, and this is Bracket Racing Elite. And uh, time for our shout-outs, Luke. Shout-out time. you want to shout-out my microphone or, yeah. more, more accurately, my, my mute button? If Brandon <laughs> Taylor's interview seemed a little <laughs> bit off-kilter, um, that's because I was supposed to take the reins there at some point, and I was. I was talking away, and I was cussing <laughs> Jed mentally, like, well, Jed, why are you talking over me? Can't you hear me talking? And it took probably a minute and a half for me to realize that uh, I had <laughs> muted my microphone. So if that sounded a little bit um, sketchy or um, uh, mixed up, that's that's the reason why. So shout out to my microphone and slash mute button. Uh, shout out Ryan Mangus. Shout out Ryan Harum. <laughs> I really hope Mangus was driving Harum's car since I went on about that for a while. And of course, <laughs> um, shout out Cole Castile. Shout out Crosby, North Dakota. Yeah, great shout outs. And uh, yeah, those awkward pauses during uh, Brandon's interview, guys. I, I was waiting on Luke 
to come in. I was like, what is the doing? This I, I was here, not, man. I was, I was jabbering <laughs> right away, and I'm like, why are they not listening to me? I'm not okay. doing his part, but uh, yes, shout out to all those guys. Uh, great shout outs this week, and guys, I want you to shout at us a little bit. Tell us what you think about the Sportsman Drag Racing podcast. Message us on our Facebook page, or you can at either Luke or myself or both of us on Twitter. Luke is at Luke Bogacki, B-O-G-A-C-K-I, and I am at JP11X. It's Spring Fling Million Week, and it's ATI Big 40 Week along with all that other stuff. Luke, I'm pulling for you, brother. I hope, uh, obviously, you're not defending because they can't have your trophy. I hope you repeat or whatever special word you put in there. Good luck to you, my friend, and I hope everything goes well out there for you. As uh, as my good friend Troy Williams Jr. once said, I think we were actually at a roulette table when he said this. And as I text my good friend Jeff Lopez um, less than 24 hours ago, there is nothing sweeter than a repeater. We'll close <laughs> on that note. <laughs> See you guys. Banging on the door, bump, bump, bump until I get it in. Attitude like I am already winning in. Foot breaking in anything. Bottom bumping for a 10. I'm rolling in the cutty switch and be like Jerry Pennington. Enrollment in This Is Bracket Racing Elite is now open. You've heard me discuss or at least reference This Is Bracket Racing Elite. It is the premier offering of our website, thisisbracketracing.com. Elite is a membership community designed specifically to help you get from where you are today as a racer to who you want to be as a racer, led by knowledgeable professionals. Justin Lamb and myself are longtime instructors, and we bring in a host of guests, racers that you know, racers that you respect, led by knowledgeable instructors and surrounded by supportive peers that are ultimately striving for the same goal in their own unique way. The truth is, at each event, there are 100-plus entries. There's one winner. At the end of each season, there's one champion. That feeling, not so much the money, not so much the trophy, that feeling of achievement, that sense of accomplishment, that tip of the cap from your peers, that's why we do this. You can dream of that feeling all you want, or you can take action, take steps toward becoming that racer. If you're ready to take the first step, this is Bracket Racing Elite is for you. Enrollment is open now for a limited time. Learn more at thisisbracketracing.com slash elite before we close the doors again on December the 8th.